Hello, Patriots. Welcome back to Living with Liberty, your source for common sense and truth. Bringing you insight from outside the mainstream, I am your host, Ryan. Today, we talk about Senate Republicans' views on impeachment, FDA emails outlining why the rush on approving the jab, and I'll have a Project Veritas expose on Pfizer's COVID plans. Next, on Living with Liberty. expecting an impeachment of Joe Biden, don't get your hopes up. The dinosaurs in the Senate leadership seemingly aren't going to even entertain it, and it represents everything that is wrong with the Republican Party today. And it just goes to show that we do indeed have a uniparty in Washington. And that even the Republicans have different rules when it comes to Trump, but you already knew all that. Now, I have an Epic Times piece here by Jack Phillips titled Senate GOP Responds to the Idea of Impeaching Biden. John Thune, senator from South Dakota, had this to say in South Dakota. Please do better. He said this. I don't think you want to get into where it's a tit for tat every two years or four years you're dealing with impeachment proceedings in the House and Senate. Now, what is it with these clowns and what don't they understand about playing by the rules of the game that have been set forth already? The Dems and garbage Republicans voted to impeach Trump twice, once when he was no longer in office, and it was basically for challenging the power of the elites. Now, you can't impeach somebody that's no longer in office, and yet they tried it anyway. That tells you all you need to know. And yes, that second time we had, what, 10 Republicans or something like that in the House vote for impeaching Trump. So they tried it. Hey, tit for tat. What is it? that Those are the rules set forth, right? The rules are, if you have even some made-up charges on you, we're going to impeach you. It doesn't have to be constitutional or not. And that's the, the argument that the Senate Republicans are making. Well, it's got to be constitutional and uh, uh, high crimes and misdemeanors. What misdemeanors and high crimes did Trump have against him other than some made-up charges, the Russia hoax, uh, collusion with Russia, the, the insurrection, right? Uh, what What is it? What is it with these clowns? They don't understand that those are the rules, and if you're not going to play by them, you're never going to win. I don't get it. I don't get it with these people. There's more than enough evidence that Joe Biden is a foreign agent for Ukraine and China, uh, or whoever, whatever else country is out there, right? Who knows the depth of his corruption. Yet seemingly none of the fossils in the House or Senate want to uncover what is really there in, when it comes to Biden and his corruption. Any impeachment of Biden would certainly have multitudes more merit than any that Trump went through. Thune doesn't want to get into a tit-for-tat. Are you kidding me? Them's the rules, Johnny boy. Democrats made sure of it, and you better play by them. You play by them, and you make them change the rules back. Because now you're going after their guy. They, they, Democrats just keep pushing the rules and making the new rules, and Republicans refuse to play by them. And Republicans are going to continue to lose because of it. If you, want it to get to, if you want to get to the point where it stops, then you make the enemy play by its own rules. 
I just did the story in the last show of the parents in New Jersey who wanted the safe space rainbow stickers out of their school. So they played by the rules because the school had an inclusion policy. They used the inclusion policy to get rid of the stickers. The choice was put up safe spaces for everybody or take the safe spaces down for the select few. They took the safe spaces down for the select few because they made them play by their own rules. That's what these idiots don't get in the Republican Party. You make them play by the rules, it stops. You make them play by their own rules, it stops. Why is that such a hard concept for these clowns? But of course, that isn't the point here. The point is to make sure that whatever Biden is or was involved in doesn't come to light because one can only assume with the cover-up by the dinosaurs in the Senate that, that, that they seem to want to perpetuate here, this cover-up of whatever Biden was involved in, it makes one assume that there's other corruptocrats involved, likely the ones in leadership who seem more than eager to sweep Biden's wrongdoing under the rug. John Cornyn, when he was of Texas, when he was asked about impeachment, he just offered up a flat, no, no, we're not going to do it. That's all he said. No. What's he involved in? And then you've got Turtle McConnell doing his best to sweep it under the rug, saying this. I don't have an answer to that hypothetical. I do think that the Justice Department seems to be willing to treat everybody the same and to try and retrieve the documents. And it's obviously not a great idea to take classified documents away from the archives. We'll see how they continue to handle it. What frickin' Justice Department is McConnell looking at? The Justice Department is willing to treat everybody the same? Tell me, did they raid the places that Biden was, that Biden was holding the classified documents? Were there FBI agents there knocking down his door, fully armed, body armor, assault rifles? Were they there raiding his house? What do you mean the Justice Department is willing to treat everybody the same? Are there three-letter agencies out there making up fake dossiers to try and get Biden out of office? Is the FBI raiding homes of liberal activists? Posing as journalists? That has to be one of the worst takes the turtle has ever had. He belongs juggling flaming batons and walking on stilts, not leading the Senate. The, the DOJ is willing to treat everybody the same. No, the hell they're not, Mitch McConnell. They are not. What freaking channel are you watching? And to boot, okay, the impeachment, any impeachment proceedings wouldn't even be about the documents because it's become uncovered that it seems like everybody takes classified documents when they leave office. So it's not even going to be about the office. It wouldn't be about uh, or documents. It wouldn't be about the documents. It's about Biden's corruption with his son as the front man selling his name around the world and his influence around the world. That's what this would be about. That's what any impeachment proceedings would be about. It would be about him selling America out to Ukraine and China and Iran and who knows who else. Those are the impeachable offenses here. He, Biden is derelict in his duty to uphold our Constitution. That is the impeachable offense. 
taking bribes and under the table money and selling and peddling influence and grifting along all over the world are high crimes and misdemeanor. That's corruption. That's selling out American secrets. If those documents he had, uh, I say had now because I'm assuming they've all been recovered now at this point, that those documents, if they contain classified information, yes, he's not supposed to have them. Where that lands on the scale of, of uh, the law, who, who knows, right? Is it a felony? Is that an impeachable offense? It might be, especially if he made copies and gave it to our enemies. Or he said, oh, yeah, come to my garage, come look at the Corvette, uh, which would have been code for come look at these boxes of documents I got behind my Corvette. It's about Biden's corruption and the selling out of America. That is the impeachable offense here, not the documents, Mitch McConnell. And then you've got Democrat Lindsey Graham, who defended Biden, saying this. I've known President Biden a long time. I'd be shocked if there's anything sinister here. Now you've got graham crackers for brains here that also hasn't been paying attention. Maybe he didn't see the video of Biden bragging about how he got a prosecutor fired in the Ukraine in exchange for a billion dollars. Maybe Lindsey Graham missed that video. Maybe he didn't see it. You know, I mean, maybe it was, he, he was holed up in, in Mitch McConnell's turtle shell there and they were sipping tea and eating crumpets. Who the hell knows? He wasn't paying attention. That much I know. If he's if he'd saying that, he'd be shocked if there's anything sinister here. Maybe Lindsey Graham missed the whole 10% for the big guy talk. The, the eyewitness testimony of, yeah, we're going to save 10% for the big guy, and it was Joe Biden was the big guy, and here's how we know it was Joe Biden was the big guy. Maybe Lindsey Graham missed the fact that the classified documents that were found in Biden's possession pertain to Ukraine, Iran, and China. Maybe, maybe Lindsey Graham missed that. Yep, you know, just ignore that. There's nothing sinister here. Are you effing kidding me, Lindsey Graham? South Carolina, do better. If, if the Republican Party isn't willing to play by the rules that have been set forth to bring this corruption to light, they are signing their own death certificate as a legitimate party. Okay, moving on to what will get me probably a second ban from ScrewTube, but I don't care, right? I got I got banned. Some of you, I may have mentioned it. I may have posted it somewhere. I got banned from YouTube for a couple shows ago where I cited German research on uh, how the COVID vaccine is screwing people up and cause deaths. Had actual data. ScrewTube said, nope, you go against our community standards. You're going against the official narrative our government overlords told us to, to protect. So we're going to ban you for seven days. So I guess my last two, one that show got pulled down. I couldn't post my last one. Whatever. This one I'll put up there and it'll probably get pulled too. Even though I'm going to bring out emails from their trusted government agency. Right? I'm going to have... Document more documented evidence, but we can't have that in this dystopian nightmare. So I've got a a, a story here. I'll post in, in the in the show notes. It's it's about emails that show how the FDA rushed approval of Pfizer's poison dart in order to enable the vaccine mandates. Now there's a couple of key points here within this story. One, the FDA approved the poison dart after bypassing its its own, the FDA's own vaccine advisory panel. 
Now, if the FDA is interested in the health and safety of the population and the safety of the drugs that are going in our bodies, why would it bypass an entity that would be in charge of reviewing the safety data of a treatment? Why would you do that? If, if your stated mission is to make sure that pharma's not putting drugs out there that's going to harm and maim and kill the population, why would you bypass a, an entity, uh, a board, that that's what they do? They review the data and make their recommendations. Why would you do that? Now, my guess is because the tyrants wanting to take your freedom and liberty wouldn't have liked what that panel would have had to say at that time. Because it's, there were still a lot of unknowns. This, the treatment's still, in essence, in clinical trials. It takes 10 years plus to bring a vaccine to market. This one was brought in less than a year. So you don't think the vaccine advisory board would have said, hold on, let's pump the brakes. What do we have here? Right? What data do we have that guarantees efficacy, that shows that this thing's effective, that shows that it's safe? My guess is that panel would have pumped the brakes on it. They would have said that there's not enough data to make any determination of the safety and efficacy of the jab and that they couldn't in good conscience recommend it for approval at that time. That we would have needed more clinical trials to even make it for uh, to make it uh, available under an e uh, emergency use authorization. That's my guess, right? I, you you bypass this board. Why would you do that? Because they'd be a bottleneck to the end goal, which is stripping your freedom and liberty. So, when there's a risk to the preferred outcome, and let's be honest, it was a predetermined outcome. You bypass that bottleneck. In this case, it was that uh, vaccine uh, board at the FDA. Now, Dr. Janet Woodcock, who was the acting FDA commissioner at the time of these initial approvals and the uh, uh, emergency use authorization for the jab, uh, had this to say about the the whole um, process. She said this, the application was reviewed in an unprecedented timeline but she asserted that our efforts were uh, our efforts to move as quickly as possible have in no way sacrificed scientific standards or the integrity of our process. Here's the deal. When you compress a timeline on something, you have to make sacrifices to the process in order to meet the timeline. That is project management 101. You can't have it all. There has to be a trade-off of something. If you're going to get something through quickly, you have to trade something off to get that through quickly. If you want to move quickly, things are going to be skipped over or missed altogether or ignored or uh, crappily done, right? You're, you're going to take shortcuts in order to compress a timeline and rush something through. Scientific standards were satis uh, sacrificed here. If you think about, like I said, 10 years plus to get a vaccine through the system and approved with the normal trials and everything else. That is the bottleneck here. The clinical trials are the bottleneck when you're talking about a new treatment, a new vaccine, a new whatever. What is the, outside of the development time of that drug, the, the, the next longest thing is the trials. That, that's why this takes so long. So you, you bypass, the FDA bypassed the, the, the trial phase of this in order to get the timeline they needed. And what does that trial phase give you? It gives you data 
the years and years of data, that's what was sacrificed here. As was the integrity of the process by skipping the presentation of this vaccine to the Vaccine Advisory Board. Those two things were the bottlenecks in the process and would have slowed the process down and they skipped right over them. Why? To take your freedom and liberty. That's why. To make sure that they could be the shining star during a crisis. And as we've seen, it blew up spectacularly in their face. Because as it's gone, as time has gone on, we have data now. And the data then, if you look, I've done stories on this. Pfizer's own data didn't show any reasonable expectation of stopping the spread of the virus. And that's from their own internal documents. The data we have now and then didn't project any reasonable expectation of slowing or stopping the spread of the virus. Data wasn't collected on long the potential long-term effects and consequences of this experimental jab. They skipped over the whole science and the integrity of the science part in order to push this through and push it on you so they could enact mandates to separate the society to get you to do what government wanted you to do. That was the whole point of this. There was no process followed. The process was sacrificed to move this thing along as fast as we could to get mandates out there. There was a pandemic crisis and the health bureaucracy eager to please their pharma lobbyists, their elite overlords. They were drunk with power and they realized we may never again be in the public limelight like this. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So they cut corners. They sacrifice the scientific process they go through, the review process they go through, and approve something that wasn't ready for public consumption. And once they did that, they then worked to strip us of the right of our own bodily sovereignty by putting mandates in place that attempted to restrict our rights to move about in public, to engage in commerce, and to make a living by having corporations threaten our jobs. This was about the administrative state seeing an opportunity with a crisis and taking the advantage to trample our rights as citizens and human beings. It's that simple. That's why this was rushed through. And like I said, I will attach the article in the, the show notes, in the description box. It is a good read. Concerns were raised by people at the FDA, and they were shouted down. Don't trust these fools anymore. They do not care about our health and safety. They only care about power and us bending our knee to the will of government. Subscriptions are one of the big ways podcasts get dis discovered. So if you could, please do me a favor, whatever platform you are listening or viewing on, please hit that subscribe button. It will give you an alert whenever a new Living with Liberty is published and the subscriptions help us get into the recommendations so others can find the show. All right, moving on. The Bureau of Labor Statistics will be changing how it calculates inflation in 2023. Now, this is very interesting timing. I'm sure it's just coincidental, right? We're, we've had inflation problems. 
uh, we're rolling into a new year. Uh, Biden is as unpopular as ever. The economy is weighing on people's minds. They're paying five, six, seven dollars for a dozen eggs. Let's change how we calculate inflation. Seems seems coincidental, right? Now, it's a very interesting timing. But to be fair, and we'll be a little fair here, the calculation does get reviewed and changed from time to time. But it is very curious how now is the time they are looking at the calculation to change it. Now, the switch in this is changing the calculation to move towards looking at yearly weights, basically a year-over-year comparison. Uh, And they say it's in order to look at the most recent cyclical trend and short-term fluctuations. Uh, So really using the information from the last calendar year versus the two years' worth of data that has been the methodology for quite a while. I couldn't find exactly when they had uh, the BLS had moved to this um, to this methodology, but they've been using it for quite a while now. And only now in 2023 with a uh, presidential campaign about to uh, get underway and get in full swing here and then later this year and into next year, let, let's change it. You know, let's change the measurement now in 2023. So we have a good story to tell later. That, that's what this is about. We'll get to that in a minute. Now, let me break this down for you. And we'll start with something. It's a little, it might be a little boring to some of you, but it's important to understand. When you are trending data, more data is always better. It's always better to have more information going into your models, going into what you're looking at. Now, in my world of supply chain, if I can, I use historical data from two or even three years to calculate my current forecast because that's going to give me the information and the fluctuations seasonally and monthly that I need to make a pretty decent guess at what uh, the consumer is going to buy. And if I use two to three more or or two to three years of data in that calculation, I'm going to have a better idea of where the forecast will land in terms of the growth and in terms of how much people are going to want and what the seasonal fluctuations might be. It's just going to, I can't tell that if I'm looking at one year of data, I need, I can't even tell if I'm looking at two. I really like to look at three in that case or more if I can get it. So what's Biden's uh, Labor Statistics Bureau? Uh, What are they doing? Well, what they're doing is cutting that window down just to look at the last year, and it's really because they just want to do a comparison. This is a political play here. Now, I'll say this. In any other presidential administration, I wouldn't give two thoughts about this. Yeah, that includes Obama, right? I, I wouldn't give two thoughts about this. Nor would I if inflation was even half of what it has been. And I, I'll preface this by saying in those presidential administrations, assuming infl- you know, the inflation was somewhat under control, right? I mean, there's some, even a Republican, I'd be like, eh, you're changing the statistics, why? You know, what are your poll numbers, right? Um, but I'd be a lot less uh, apt to question it, I think is the best way to put that. Um, but... We have the Biden administration here. And we've seen time and again, the Biden administration lies. They lie all the time. They change stuff to fit whatever they want. They're incompetent. And Biden himself is is very insecure. He can't take criticism. The only reason we're in this mess is because everybody else is not patting him on the back and the radical uh, leftists are the ones patting him on the back so he's doing what they want. 
That, that's what this is about, whoever's patting him on the back. Because he's weak, he's spineless, he won't stand up to anybody. So because we've got the presidential election in 2024, and because Biden's economy has been an absolute disaster with the inflation that's raged out of control, it's coming down, I'll be fair, it's coming down, but not through anything Biden's done because he keeps wanting to spend more and more money, which drives up inflation. Print more money we don't, you know, we don't have goods, goods for. So he's going to try and run again in 2024, so he needs good economic news to campaign on. So his thought and the thought of whoever's handling him is to get the BLS to change the calculations to make Biden look like an economic hero. So let me give you an example of this. Now, if we were looking back at two years of data, right, we would see that in 2021, January 2021, inflation was 1.4%. And throughout 2021, we get to December, it ended the year at 7%. And then it peaked in June of 2022 at 9.1% before uh, the trend downward we've seen because the Fed has increased interest rates. Now think about what that new calculation is going to mean. We're not going to look at 2021 anymore. So this year we'd be looking at some uh, combination 2021-2022 and combining that information together and and seeing what the trend was, right? Think about, now, we're only going to look at one year. So if we take our example of January, starting January 2022 then, because that's one year from today, right? Yes, uh, we're at the end of January. So it'd be one year from uh, 12 months ago. If the only data point we're considering is January 2022, the January consumer price index from that year, which was 7.5%. And let's say the January 2023 number comes in somewhere one and a half to 2% less than that. The Biden administration will take a victory lap and declare that we have solved the inflation problem. Even though inflation will still be at oh, five, five and a half, six percent still at that point. He's only going to compare it to last year. Instead of going back two years when it was 1.4% and we're still at 6%, let's call it, five and a half, six percent 6%. We're still four points above what, what it was in January 2021 when he took office. But it, it's meant to give him a, a, a victory lap. That's, that's why you change this. Now think further down the road and, and what that comparison would mean when you get to June of 2023. Now, June of 2022, we were at 9.1% inflation. Let's say in June of 2023, we could see, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood then if if inflation flattens out a bit and let's say, you know, it hovers around 4.5-5% by the time we get to mid-year this year, we could possibly see a drop in inflation of 4 to 5% year over year maybe even more depending on what the economy does in the first two quarters of the year. So it gives him, it's all meant to give him something to point to when he goes out on a campaign trail later, let's say later this year, 2024 and, and say, look, I solved the inflation problem. Look, I dropped inflation by four or five, 6%. The problem here I, that I see with this also that, might might uh, get people 
thinking, well, maybe he really did something, is we have a recession pending, right? And what happens during a recession, and we all know the indicators have been there for a while. Um, I've gone over the leading indicators many times here. I'm not going to belabor that again today, but we have a, a pending recession if we're not already in one. So what this ends up being is another smoke and mirrors trick by the Biden administration relying on the economic stupidity of our nation. They will try to claim victory over inflation, but here's the thing, that victory over inflation comes at the expense of our economy. Recession means less economic activity. It means less goods and services being purchased. It means inventories being dro- uh, driven up for those goods. And it means that uh, prices start coming down because we have a high supply of goods. We have a high supply of services, think like a hotel, right? Nobody's, if we're in a recession, nobody's going to travel. They're going to conserve their cash. I'm not taking a vacation this year. What does that mean? Plenty of empty hotel rooms and Airbnbs and everything else. What happens when you have plenty of something? The price comes down. And when the price comes down, what does that mean? Well, now your inflation number comes down. Don't be fooled. This change in the consumer price index calculation is a political maneuver to try and make Biden or whatever Democrat may be the nominee in 2024 look good. That's what this is about. It's not about accurately measuring anything. It's about changing the the way the statistic is calculated. It's manipulating numbers to get an outcome, to get a desired outcome, and to make the Democrats look good. Plain and simple. That's what this is about. Okay, if you are listening to the audio-only show and your platform allows for reviews, please give us a five-star rating. It helps others find the show. Whether you are listening to the audio version or are viewing on Rumble or YouTube, hit that Rumble or thumbs up button. The more interactions we have, the more the show gets into the recommendations made by the algorithms, and the more we are able to spread the truth. All right, next, uh, next story here. The FAA quietly widened the EKG parameters for pilots in late 2022. And naturally, the legacy media kept quiet about that. We're just hearing about it, I think, earlier this month. There's been a, a story, a topic, a conversation throughout this month here. So what is the reason for widening the range? Well, what's an EKG? It's a measure of your heart, right? It's, a, it's one of the things that measures your, your heart's activity, right? So the, the purpose of widening the range is so we can have pilots still fly planes because we need to ensure those with cardiac injury are able to still work and fly planes and that they fit into the parameters set forth by the FAA on who can safely operate a plane, let's call it. Now, why isn't anybody doing any real journalism on this? Supposedly, we are so concerned about the safety of the population. Why are we all of a sudden not concerned about this, about the widening of the measure Uh, of a pilot's heart functionality so they can work. Why are we not concerned about this? Why is legacy media not concerned about this? It seems like something that should be questioned, right? I mean, you you widen the range, the acceptable, acceptable range of an EKG measurement for a pilot. Why did you do that? And the funny thing is, is this is now coming two years after mandatory jabby jabs being in place for some of the airlines. And coming after some airlines, two years after some airlines forced pilots and staff to take uh, the jab and be the lab rats for this thing. 
right? I mean, it's real, real odd, the timing on this. It goes back to what I said before about how we are now getting data that we should have had before we made the decision to go forward with this uh, COVID jab. He ran a story, Tucker Carlson ran a story on the show, reaching out uh, to the FEA to get answers on this, right? He asked them, what do you, why, why did you do this? Their response was they followed standard processes based on data and science. Boom. The standard government op, uh, the, the stand, standard government answer these days. Well, I'll trust the science. It's based on data and science. But the FEA, FAA neglected to provide the data to Carlson's show. That tells me they were hoping to sweep this under the rug without anybody knowing. Let's just widen the, the parameters. We won't tell anybody. We'll sneak it through. And nobody will be any worse for wear, right? That, that's what they hope to do here. Because the official government narrative, the official narrative, the, the official um, narrative of legacy media that the government says you must parrot this is still COVID dart good, don't question it. That, that's the official narrative still. So all government agencies seem to have been directed to sweep anything that could potentially be correlated to the jab under the rug and their media goons comply without question. If there was a need to widen the range of acceptable EKG readings and pilots, why wasn't it done two years ago or three years ago or five years ago? Why wasn't it done then? Because the number of heart-related issues in pilots was static. That's why there wasn't a major statistical change. They didn't need to change the parameters of the EKG readings of pilots two, three, or five years ago. There wasn't a statistically significant increase year to year in the number of pilots with heart issues that would have prompted the reconfiguration of the acceptable EKG parameters. That's why. That, it appears, has only happened within the last couple years, this need to uh, reconfigure those acceptable readings for pilots and their EKGs. The data and reasoning why the FAA, FAA made this decision needs to be made public. It's time that the government come clean about the real impact of the COVID dart on people. All right, finishing up for today, Project Veritas strikes again. This time they have a Pfizer executive, Jordan Tristan Walker, on video admitting some pretty damning evidence that Pfizer is milking COVID for every last cent they can, and then some. Now I'll play a few clips from their uh, reporting Tucker Carlson did on it. Take a listen to the first one. When is Pfizer going to implement the mutation of all these viruses? I don't know. It depends on how the experiments work out. Because this is just like something that's fine, right? It sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know. It's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like there's... It's definitely not gain of function. It sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Directed evolution is very different. <laughs> Direct evolution? Directed evolution. Directed evolution. Okay. <laughs> well, so, I mean... Is that what it is? Maybe. I, I, <laughs> well, you're not supposed to do gain function research with the viruses. Like, yeah. They recommend not. But you do like these like selected threshold mutations to try to see if you can make more potent. Yeah. So there, there is research I'm going about that. I don't know how that's going to work. There might not be any more outbreaks. Just like Jesus Christ. So it's not gain of function. It's directed evolution. As if that's any better. Right? That's like saying, oh, you know, I didn't assault you. 
it was a directed punch to your face. Unprovoked at that, right? Why is that any better? It's not gain of function, it's direct. What are you doing by directing the evolution of this thing? You're hoping it gains function, right? Uh, the, uh, the word games, do you see the word games these people play? So really, what do we have here? We have a pharma company working on mutating a virus. One, they have a supposed vaccine cure for. What do they want to do with it? What is the purpose of them doing this? To sell more jabs? To What are they trying to do with this? This is stuff that is just straight out of a sci-fi movie, right? Let's mutate a virus. Then use that mutated virus to create a cure. Then... Where what are they going to do? What what were they going to do with this thing? What, what's Pfizer going to do with this mutated virus? After they've mutated the virus, they take the virus and say, "Okay, I'm going to create this vaccine for." It. What are they going to do? Oops, lab leak, right? Release it into circulation somehow. Maybe it gets out on an employee. Who knows? And then they say, "What? Oh, look, we have the cure for it." Your favorite show? Hey, this show brought to you by Pfizer's COVID jab right? Get vaccinated. Get the, get the COVID jab. It's COVID season again. Can someone tell me why we have bureaucratic oversight at all these days? This is what they are supposed to be looking at. Why did the lesson not get learned the first time the thing left the lab in Wuhan? Why are they not at Pfizer questioning this? Why do we have a, uh, an FDA? What are they doing? Why are they not doing their job? Because they are part of this incestuous relationship with Big Pharma. That's why. If we had a functioning media, if we had a functioning government, what Pfizer's doing would be shut down immediately. But we don't. Because there's too much money to be made on all fronts to stop it. There's too many crises to be had to take advantage of to stop it. That's why they're not going in and holding Pfizer accountable for this. But it doesn't stop there, though. It doesn't just stop at this, oh, we, you know, we're just trying to get ahead of the, the mutations, right? We just, you know, acting all benevolent. So listen to this clip. Um, tell me more, like, what's developing with the whole, you know, virus mutation process? Mm-hmm. Well, they're still kind of conducting the experiments on it, but... Uh, it seems like from what I've heard they're kind of optimizing it, but they're going slow because everyone's very cautious. Like, you know, right. that was the one that kind of accelerated too much. Yeah. Um, but I think they're also just trying to do it as an exploratory thing because you obviously don't want to advertise that you're trying to put out future mutation. So they're optimizing it. What are they optimizing the virus for? Infection, right? Gain of function, directed evolution, gain of function. That's what it is. That's the only reason to optimize the mutation of a virus, to make it do something better, to infect better, to evade natural immunity and whatever residual immunity the current set of jabs may leave in people. You make, you optimize something to make it better. In this case, you optimize a virus to be more infectious. So you can sell more therapeutics. So you can sell more jabs. That's the play here. Now, of course, Pfizer doesn't want to publicize it. Nobody wants to publicize it, but we already know that this virus is not 
naturally a naturally occurring virus, and it did escape from a lab. There's emittance all over the place on that. So once again, we're going to let Pfizer play with this thing, and then we're going to end up going down that path again. We're gonna we're gonna let them mutate a virus, and we're gonna go down that path again of oh, this virus, where did it come from? No, it came from the the wet market next to Pfizer's lab and who cares Ohio I that's what this is going to end up being if it's not shut down now and there should be absolutely zero trust in government bureaucracy at this point because they're not doing their jobs and there should be absolutely zero trust in pharmaceutical companies at this point we've been had every one of these entities seems to be working in cahoots to strip our freedom and liberty and to do it while they make a buck and leave us poorer. Think about it. Every patient cured is a patient lost for a pharmaceutical company. So instead of trying to work towards making COVID not infectious, towards eradicating it, let's call it, instead of working towards that, they decide they want to work on mutating the virus so they can sell more jabs and therapeutics. Why would you even play with this thing at this point if that wasn't your end game. Because you're not going to mutate it in, in, in a lab in order to be predictive of how it's going to mutate in the, in, in the general population, let's call it. Two very different environments. You can't replicate uh, people's immune systems and their immune response in a lab. And that's immune system and immune response is what's going to make the the, the virus mutate so it can try and evade that. That's the play here. They want to sell more therapeutics. Now, don't take my word for it. Listen to Walker himself. Isn't that the, like the best business model, though? Like, just control nature before nature even happens itself, right? Yeah, if it works. <laughs> what do you mean if it works? Because like some of the times, like we just mutations that pop up, right? And we're not prepared for it, like with Delta or Omicron, right? And things like that. So. Who knows? I mean, either way, it's going to be a cash cow. COVID is probably be a cash cow for us for a while going forward. Like, yeah. I obviously like <laughs> Well, I think the whole, you know, I think the whole, like, research of the viruses and mutating it, like, would be the ultimate, like, cash cow. Yeah. It'd be perfect. Yeah, it would be perfect. Control the mutation. Right? Let's Let's mutate this thing. Use it to make the uh, the new vaccine. Then you release that mutation into the public. All of a sudden, oh, we're the only ones that have the cure for this said mutation of the virus. Profit Soros Pfizer is the only company with the therapeutics and jabs to combat or cure the current viral mutation. Rinse and repeat year after year for endless COVID jabs. I know co- that Pfizer came out with some BS statement about how we're not doing this and he doesn't work here and bull crap. They are trying to save face at this point because they got caught. And if other pharmaceutical companies aren't burning documents at this hour, they're going to be next. Because you know there's others out there trying the same thing. And again, I ask, where is our oversight agencies on this? Why do we have an FDA? 
Where's legacy media asking the, these questions? Where's legacy media holding Pfizer accountable, holding the FDA ap- accountable? Where are the statements from politicians about investigating this information that's come out further? Where are the calls to eliminate the pharma lobby? This country is one of the only, if not the only country in the world that allows pharmaceutical lobbying and ads. Think about that. We're the only ones. Why is that? And we're probably the most drugged up country on earth. Illegal and legal. The way our southern border is and the way pharma pushes pills on everyone. Pfizer is so flush with cash that they are seemingly able to sponsor everything these days. You can't watch TV or shows or streaming service without a Pfizer ad. There's a reason other countries do not allow pharma lobbies and ads. It's so they can't influence peddle the doctors, bureaucrats, and the population at large. It's so they can keep a measure of integrity in the system. There's a reason for it. It's unbelievable that we have so many entities, entities that were put in place to prevent these sorts of things from happening, just looking the other way. There's a time and a place for regulation of industries. I'm free market, right? But there, there, you have to have common sense with that as, as well, as we've seen over the course of history. There's a time and place for regulation. This is one of those times, as we have pharma clearly taking advantage of the population and the oversight bureaus, for that matter, that are looking the other way. They're taking advantage of the whole situation to increase their own profits and corporate uh, corporate valuation at risk of your health. Now, after seeing this, if you still trust the pharma companies, if you're still unwilling to question them, if you're still uh, unwilling to question government experts and agencies, I can't help you. I can't. There's nothing I can do for you at this point. You have to figure it out on your own if you if you don't start questioning things after seeing this. This mutating of the COVID virus is taking this idea of a patient cured, is a patient lost, to, to the next level, right? They're trying to monopolize the market. It's time our representatives stopped, uh, stepped up to stop it. And this is the exact sort of thing we have hired those representatives to do, to look out for our interests, to provide, uh, to protect us, our, our constitutionally protected rights against government overreach, to protect us from corporate uh, corporations run wild, right? That, that's why we hired our representatives for. That's why we send them to Washington, D.C. And them and their bureaucratic buddies just look the other way. It's time we, the people, stepped up held them accountable, made them do their jobs. These reps aren't willing to do it. Vote them out. You need to start firing people at these agencies, start closing agencies. They're not doing us any good. These are the things we hire our representatives to do, and they need to start doing it. All right, before I go, don't forget to tune in live to Rucksack Radio on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central for Laughs and Liberty with Tom and me. You can watch us live on Riverside FM Rumble, YouTube, or Twitch. We have chats going on all of uh, all of those outlets, so go ahead, jump in the chat. We certainly bring that stuff up when we're on air. It's a fun time for us. We love answering the questions and ha- interacting with you all.
Friends, that's my show for today. Thank you for tuning in. Please check out my website, livingwithlibertypodcast.com. There you'll find links to my past shows, my original articles, as well as other resources to help arm you with knowledge in fighting off the prevailing narratives of the day. While on my website, shop my store, Living With Liberty Outfitters. Lastly, I'd be so grateful if you shared, subscribed, and left a positive review of the show, should your listening platform allow. Subscribing helps us move up the charts and helps more people find the truth. 